Netflix surprise, Tesla disappointed. U.S. futures are flat to negative this morning as the U.S. 10-year yield is now flirting with the 5% psychological mark. And that, despite the rising unrest in the Middle East amid Joe Biden's visit to Israel. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So if you were expecting, like I did, that Netflix would just sit there and cry because its subscriber growth would lose the momentum that it had gained amid the company's brilliant decision to scrap that password sharing among well, users, well, you were also quite surprised to hear that, no, not at all, because Netflix announced a decent, decent rise in subscriber numbers of nearly 9 million in the third quarter. And, well, they also announced that they will be raising prices in the US, in the UK, and in France. I mean, that combo of more subscribers who will be actually paying more, each of them is obviously a dream come true for Netflix investors who sent the stock price nearly 13% higher in after hours trading on Wednesday. So the letter will be enough to send the Netflix stock price back into the past year's ascending channel. But, but whether Netflix could actually consolidate and gain more on top of it is yet to be seen because since this July peak, well, Netflix is under the pressure of an overall retreat in investor appetite. And that obviously does coincide with the well, acceleration of the U.S. long-term treasury sell-off that we've been seeing since the last couple of weeks, which sent the U.S. 10-year yield to the highest level since 2007. So, voila, Netflix did great, but being a good swimmer is still challenging when you must swim against a strong, strong tide. Elsewhere, Sentiment in Tesla wasn't as brilliant as in Netflix. Tesla actually missed both revenue and earnings expectations for the third quarter after its sales slowed, while the company earned less money by car that it sold because they simply aggressively cut the prices of their cars to gain more market share. And when I say aggressively, I really mean it. Because look, in America, the price of an average car fell 0.7 but the price of a Tesla car fell almost 25%. So Tesla fell more than 4% in after hours trading after the results were released and it would have fallen more if had they not announced the delivery date for the much-awaited Cybertruck. So the Cybertruck will see the daylight on November 30th. Woohoo! But, but keep in mind that Elon Musk still warned investors that that Cybertruck won't print cash for 12 to 18 months after the production begins and that the company will remain focused on while making affordable cars that people could actually afford in this actual environment of rising interest rates. Hmm. 
Now, from a pricing perspective, Tesla sank its teeth below a three-month triangle base, and the post-earnings sell-off that we will see in Tesla will confirm that negative breakout, which should actually pave the way toward the $223.85 a share, which is the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement that should give a last support to the actual positive trend in Tesla. And if that support is broken, while well, the way will be open toward the $200 per share level. Note that Tesla's situation is obviously a bit more precarious than Netflix because at least Netflix makes its investors happy with these blowout subscriber growth numbers and the price increases and the dream of more money coming in in the next quarters. But for Tesla, well, the dream is there, obviously, but the metrics, unfortunately, don't follow because Tesla should deliver about 475,000 cars this quarter to reach its goal of 1.8 million cars delivered this year. It is not impossible but it will obviously be challenging given the morose macroeconomic outlook of the moment. Else, ASML actually announced that its order slumped the most in the third quarter due to a sector-wide slowdown, they said. And you know what that means, right? That means that ASML will be more reliant moving forward on China for keeping its revenues afloat. And the problem with that is, yes, you guessed it, the rising tensions in Gaza, which also fuel the US-China chip war right at this moment, could easily spill over the Dutch ASML and affect its business in China and well, its revenue and revenue expectations. And that would be really, really bad news for the company. And speaking of chips, Today, TSM is expected to announce around 18% drop in its own revenue when it announces results today. Now, last but not least, in today's marathon of earnings, well, Morgan Stanley also reported his third quarter results yesterday, and it took a big, big slap in his face on sluggish results. The profit actually dropped by 9% in the third quarter. It's better than a 33% fall at Goldman Sachs, but it was obviously not enough to make investors stay on board, so the stock price recorded its biggest daily drop since June 2020. Now, generally speaking, zooming out of the individual stocks, the expectations for this earnings season are actually quite mixed, depending on where you actually get your information from. According to Faxet, the S&P 500 companies could actually eke out a mega, but still a positive 1.3% growth in year-on-year -year earnings in the third quarter after three straight quarters of negative earnings, mind you. And if you exclude oil companies, well, the S&P 500 earnings would grow by around 4%. It is not bad at all. So the problem with oil companies is not that the oil companies are not doing well. They are doing well. But at the same time last year, oil prices were actually gently coming down from above the $100 per barrel level. So the base effects that we see this year is playing still against oil companies' earnings and their results. Although we all agree that in absolute terms, all these oil companies have nothing to complain about, especially, especially given the Gaza tensions-led positive pressure that we see in oil prices these days. So that's the view on Faxet, a 1.3% growth 
in the S&P 500 earnings for the third quarter of this year, an improved earnings picture, obviously, and that's thanks to a resilient U.S. economy that's remained resilient in the face of the Federal Reserve's aggressive, aggressive monetary policy tightening campaign. But... But on the other hand, Citi, for example, says the contrary because Citi's index of earnings revision posted its fourth straight week of higher downgrades versus upgrades. And if you look at the numbers, the past three weeks actually show an acceleration in the increasing number of downgrades compared to company upgrades. Now, of course, not all stocks have the same weight in the S&P 500. The technology stocks weigh heavier than the rest of the S&P 495. Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, and Nvidia. Together, these five companies actually stand for about a quarter of the S&P 500 index, and their revenues are expected to have grown by 34% compared to the same time last year. So these tech companies' earnings, which may actually be less affected by uh, geopolitical tensions going on in the Middle East right now, or and Moreau's economic outlook may again give the S&P 500 a positive swing if, of course, the results are good and if, of course, the U.S. yields don't rise significantly more from the actual levels. But the U.S. yields keep rising. The U.S. 10-year yield is now flirting with this scary 5% psychological mark and that, and that despite the rising tensions in the Middle East as U.S. President Joe Biden's visit to Israel only made things worse after the Gaza's hospital blast. And to be honest with you, when I see the US 10-year paper sold this aggressively and that despite the high, high geopolitical tensions in the Middle East, well, I actually do conclude that there is potential for a further rise in these yields. And a move in the US 10-year yield above the 5% psychological level will certainly increase the selling pressure on the technology stocks and hence on the S&P 500 index altogether. And that in the middle of the earnings season, well, obviously regardless of how good or how bad the company results are. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekes Kardeshkaya, and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily market comments and like these videos to show us that you actually do enjoy them. So I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, Good day trading.